0: All right, welcome back. Lake Effect Sports Episode 3 and the Positive Vibes Only Train keeps rolling here on this show because the Indians split with Chicago. Roll off the panic buttons, everything like that. I think this was overall
1: a pretty darn good week of Indians baseball. What are you thinking, Matt? I think this was definitely a big step forward, even though it might be just a split series. It was still very important to show that we can be competitive with Chicago because a lot of people were going to probably count us out and say we got swept or we lost three out of four. So taking two out of four, four and splitting with the White Sox was so important, man. It was so important.
0: Yeah. I think today's game was the most important because it, it didn't really feel like we were going to win at any point until like, of course, when Jose hits the home run because <laughs> Lance Lynn was dominant for a solid five innings where we couldn't touch him. And then, Jose broke the game open. Savali did a phenomenal job of just keeping us afloat with only giving up that one run. And it's, I hate to say like it saved the season because we could go win 15 straight in July, but it's at this point in the year, it felt like one of those like huge momentum wins kind of ease the fan base. And I'm just really happy with this team so far.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely happy with how, how things turned out this series. Like, uh, like after that first game, where things kind of got weird with the uh, Yu Chang, like throw the hit off the runner's head. We don't have to get into that, but like then we won that. Then Shane Bieber tosses a dominant nine innings and we win in extras. And then, then that all the steam was taken out of our sails <laughs> with that no hitter on, on uh, yesterday. And then today was just so needed. It was just needed just so we could like get back on track, ease everybody's. Mind, I think the players in the middle of the game were kind of like kind of letting that negativity swirl for that first five innings because it felt like hopeless at times. But we thank God we we got the win today.
0: Yeah. And I one point I want to talk about just throughout this whole series was after the first game, uh, I was just kind of thinking to myself, like, man, Adam Eaton, really underrated player. By the end of this series, he managed to be one of my least favorite players in the entire major leagues. He, I think he leaned into, what, two to three pitches this series? Yeah. And caused the fight, somehow didn't get ejected. Let's talk about that for a little. Um, Jimenez does nothing wrong on that play. He catches it, and White Sox fans are in a whole tizzy over him pushing him off the base. What do you think happened on that play?
1: God, White Sox fans have been in a tizzy since like Roberto accident, like somehow purposely hit, got hit in the back of the foot, but yeah, like Adam slider. Yeah. Back foot slider, which happens all the time. But anyways, like, yeah, like Andres doesn't do anything wrong. Eaton thinks he's in the wrong. And so he pushes him and and bench is clear. And it's just was clear that Eaton was just frustrated and just blowing off steam and, Jimenez was right in front of him and pushed him, and which was uncalled for because well, you you let yourself go off the base by yourself. That wasn't him, that was on you. And like, yeah, he's definitely in that Sergio Romo realm right now. It, and is well deserved.
0: Yeah. Well, and he like almost tried to tackle him too on that play. Like he grabs at his <laughs> leg, pulls him. And you pulled yourself on the off the back, dude. Like yeah. idiot. that 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 was just annoying. He was just bugging me thoroughly after that moment so I think the rest of the year I'm gonna be holding that against him and probably the rest of his career now so usually oh, when one player spites me I don't forget it anytime soon
1: yeah it, it kind of reminds me of like um who was that one Yan- Yankees ca- catcher he used to be a dick back in the day like he oh AJ Brzezinski <laughs> oh my god <laughs> A.J. Brzezinski used to drive me up a wall. He was that one player that I hated on the White Sox. Like, he 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 would just always talk back to the umpire. He would always have something to say on the field. He he just had. He was just that type. That one guy that just got on my nerves, dude. And that's what Adam Eden reminded me of when I was watching it. Yeah, definitely.
0: But overall, I mean, would we go five and two this week? Yeah. Zero complaints. We are right back. Are we in
1: now? So we're in first place for now. The Royals play tonight, correct? Uh, I think they're idle. So technically we have more wins, but they have like uh, less losses. So technically they're in first, but I mean, we have more wins. But yeah. So whatever. I mean, who cares? We're back right at the top of the
0: division. The Twins have looked really bad to start the year. And oh we showed we can go to Chicago and beat the White Sox.
1: Yeah, can't complain, man. Like, and this is to all the fans out there that seem to just want this team to fail because I don't know why there's so much angst, so much vitriol every time something goes wrong. Like, I I saw something on, on Twitter, I think it was like um Indians report, I forgot his name. But he said, like, Indians have went had only had one hit since Shane Bieber said said look out for us and, and and it's just like what are we doing here we're only 12 games in like what like how how are we this like emotional like early in April like I don't get that I mean I understand and like of
0: course I am and I'm sure you are too I despise Paul Dolan I, I think we've got great owners not ownership we've got great like staff great GM coaching everything like that so if, if he's in charge of hiring that, I guess I can't hate his guts 100%, so 99%. Of course, him not paying people like Lindor, and I think that's actually for the better. I'll, mm-hmm. I I think moving Carrasco also for the better for this team. I think he just gets a lot of negativity, and that goes towards the players. They're not out here. They're the ones that are here to play for us. Why are we mad at them? It has nothing to do with what they're doing with Paul Dole not paying guys. So – Let's just keep it rolling. I think we've got a lot of positivity right now. And this is a great team. So before we do some Indians questions that you have, I want to do a new thing. We're going to do – I'm going to call it our three stars of the week. So okay. uh, you can have first pick this week, and it's a very easy first pick. Three best players on the Indians this week. So we, only, we can't both take the same guys. Uh, so we'll do a little snake draft. You get first pick, stars of the week, and you can kind of talk about – that player
1: okay um I'll probably go with uh, Shane Bieber on this one I think it was pretty easy to uh take him first overall after that nine inning performance like he pretty much carried this carried the team to a victory to keep them in it to like set up that extra innings rally that propelled them to win and I, I feel like that was so huge like that him just with all all those gut, guts to just like gutted out for nine innings like he did, like that. he's my number one for that reason.
0: Yeah, and that's obviously the number one pick. And I think for me at number two, it seems like also a pretty easy pick. Aaron Savali, two great outings, seven and two-thirds against the Tigers. Man. I was at that game, first came back at a sporting event in over a year. He was just phenomenal, got rained on a little. That sucked, but he really looks like he figured it out. And I wasn't sure if it was just, hey, he faced the Tigers and played well against them twice. Now you've done it against the White Sox. That's a legit lineup. No one would say otherwise. And he looks good. He struggled a little in that first inning. But after that fight, maybe that's what energized him and said, screw these guys. Like, I'm going to play my best ball. So, Savali's
1: easy number two pick. Okay. And for number three, I'm probably going to have to go maybe Franville, I would say, because – like, he's probably been the most consistent offensive player so far in this early part of the season. And when he gets hot, he, he's just amazing.
0: Yeah, no, and he, he had a pretty horrendous Chicago series, but he kind of carried the offense against Detroit at points. So it was kind of like one of those give or takes because picking an MVP for the bats right now is...
1: It's a needle in a haystack. It's not yeah.
0: great right now. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go with another bat as well for my second pick. And... This is not necessarily that he was like the most dominant or anything like that. It's gonna be Jordan Luplo. Really? And Jordan Luplo, he just had a solid, consistent week. He got on base a bunch. He mm-hmm. he's just was handled lefties well. And I think he is kind of shutting up the haters. Because I know there's a lot of people just who are were complaining all year with Jordan Luplo hitting leadoff because he had that 0 for 30 this year. But my biggest complaint with that those same fans just screaming out loop Blow for his over 30, which is an anomaly at this point. Cause he was hurt played poorly. And every other time since then, he's been very solid against left-handed pitchers. One of the, actually the best in baseball against left-handed pitchers.
1: We yeah. Got- I saw, a gra- I saw a graph with Luplow, like the guys that he is a part of, it's him, Nelson Cruz, um, no, him, Nelson Cruz, uh, Alex Bregman, and one other guy. And that's like, Elite company right there. Like you can't go wrong with that against left-handed pitching if you were in that type of company. Yeah, definitely.
0: So back to you. Your final pick of the week.
1: Final pick of the week. Um, I'm gonna go with class A. Uh, you you love him. That, that's gotta be your favorite guy on this team. Class I love class A, dude. I love man, he's just been so dominant. Like he, every time he's come into the ninth inning or whatever situation. I know he's just going to handle business because on top of throwing a hundred, he has pretty good control for a guy that throws a hundred. Yeah. No, like you can't go wrong with that points. Yeah. Like he'll throw it at somebody's hands against the lefty. Then right-handers, they just can't seem to like square up his, his slider. It's just, it's unbelievable.
0: Be nice. If the fielders could figure it out when he's pitching. Well, oh I mean, God. today was only considered one error, which I don't know how we, I don't know if you know. Was Naylor's misplay considered the error, or was it Jimenez's uh, at shortstop?
1: Um, I would probably consider Jimenez the error because Naylor it hit the ground, it hit the ground, and then it ricocheted it into the netting, which technically is still in play. But I, 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 whatever. But yeah, Jimenez is probably the error. But yeah, he's had a weird week. Like y- Yu Chang throws throws the game away in the first game of the se- series, and then Jimenez. has the ball just bobbled in his hand he's had a weird week with fielders behind him
0: yeah good thing uh the fielders don't really have to do too much when he's back there though oh yeah so the third pick it's kind of between two guys for me and obviously jose and then there's like a karen both had jose didn't have a great bat batting week but he did have the clutch homer karen consistent hand out there this week i'm gonna go roberto perez roberto perez called some great games, especially that Shane Bieber game, just sticking with the curveball. He has such a great ability to form game plans for this Indians team that I think that he, he's doing more than just gold glove work at this point. And he had a pretty decent week at the plate. So if Roberto ever has a decent week at the plate, you know he's going to have a great week behind the behind the plate fielding. So phenomenal yeah, like that.
1: That's such an underrated part about Birdo that people don't realize is that he can call a game and, and it, it just seems like they're just playing catch out there because they they, can't, they leave hit, hitters on their toes, always like swing and miss stuff. And it, and it's always pinpointed like they're always prepared every time like Birdo is behind the plate and it's remarkable.
0: Yeah, definitely. He, he was just phenomenal. So those are our three stars of the week. Before we get into questions, you got anything?
1: Uh, uh, Let's just jump into questions.
0: All right. Fire them away at me, man.
1: Okay. What do you think is more vital to the Indian success? The offense, the starting pitching, or the relief core?
0: Um, We have an amazing relief pitching right now. And obviously that's insanely vital to any team, closing out the game. It's the most important part. But when it comes down to it, it's it's the starting rotation. You got five dudes who can go out there and are going to get you six innings and might not give up a run every single time they're out there. Lee the lead makes it a lot easier for a bullpen, and it also makes it a lot easier for a lineup that's not that great, obviously. They don't have to do too much. They have to score, like today, four runs. They only really needed three to get the job done even. So when the lineup only has to do a little, it's the starting rotation. Because even – say we do make the postseason this year, they're going to have to throw great games because I don't think anyone trusts the lineup to go out there and get you five, six runs and really give you any breathing room. So for me personally, I think it's just the starting rotation. Well, what about you?
1: Um, I think starting pitching is definitely obvious, but I think the relief core because, like, when you have a bullpen that has three different weapons, like Whitgrin, Karinczak, and Klaasé, you shorten the game. You make it so much harder in those seventh, eighth, and ninth inning at bats to start anything or come back. Like, like I mentioned with Cloase, if you have a guy that has a cutter that throws hundred and has a wipeout slider, you can't you can't really square him up. Karen Karencheck same thing. And then Whitgren, he's a little bit more of a like a junk pitcher, but he 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 never gives up hard contact. And so like if you have those three three-headed, that three-headed monster in that seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, it's just so important. That's why, like, especially with the offense not scoring runs, that prevalent, the bullpen is much more important, I would say, right now.
0: Yeah, and I guess I, I agree with that, too, especially, like, say, in the postseason, when you can shorten the game with your starters, if they can only go five innings, those guys can give you two innings or whatever. We haven't seen that yet, and I think we might have to try that out once or twice, not a ton. I don't want to burn out anyone's arms. But to see if guys can go a little bit longer like we would need them in the playoffs, like Frank has always done.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, definitely need to, like, stretch out those arms while we can, but try not to burn them out. But having that bullpen there that's shown to be very consistent is very important. Like, definitely right when these bats are not are inconsistent right now. Yeah, I feel, um, I
0: feel a lot better about this bullpen now that Tyler Olsen isn't someone that we need to get out of the <laughs> game. Tyler Olsen.
1: Yeah, I get, forgot about that guy or like Nick Hagedone. You remember him?
0: Nick Hagedone of uh, Dan O'Tara's One Good Season.
1: Oof. Yeah, that, we've had a lot of like interesting characters in that bullpen that we, wow. we're glad are gone now. Yeah, I got one. I'm going to probably mispronounce his
0: name. What is it? Mark Rizinski?
1: Oh, Roginski! Yeah, I remember him. That dude was legit. He yeah,
0: and he shut things down.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember him. Yeah, like he was very good when he was here. You're right. Yeah. So what else you got? Uh, second question: Who do you, who do you, who are you more excited for? Bobby Bradley, Daniel Johnson, or Nolan Jones? For me, it this is a very easy answer, and it's Nolan Jones, and it's not even close. I have never
0: been high on Bobby Bradley and Daniel Johnson. I don't think they're superstars. They're pretty old at this point, and they haven't been able to crack a roster. I know, like, this year it's about, like, contract manipulation and stuff like that. But if you're 26 years old and you can't make the opening day roster, even with Jake Bowers there, if he was really good, he would be playing over Jake Bowers. And I know and we would cut Bowers. And Bowers had a great game today, so he trashed two heads. But if those guys were good enough, they'd be on the roster. And I know yeah, everyone's coming at Dolan for being a cheapskate or whatever,
1: but they're not good enough to play for a reason. Yeah, they're probably just not as ready as people try to make them be. Like Daniel Johnson has always, to me, felt like a solid piece more than a franchise changer. Like same with Bobby Bradley. He's a nice piece, but you're not sure what he can be at the major league level. But since Nolan Jones is probably that future franchise cornerstone, that's, for me, definitely the one that I'm most excited about.
0: Yeah, Bobby Bradley really scares me. He's going to strike out a ton, and he doesn't get on base much. It's either he's a home run or a strikeout. He's not even, like, the three option guys of home run walk strikeout. He's just home run strikeout. And I don't like that at them, the major league level. Yeah, if,
1: you, if you're if <laughs> you going to be... You can't... I mean, the game right now is very three-true outcomey and, like, You don't want a guy that's, like, striking out half of his at-bats, especially with how the league is right now. Like, if he can't get that down, it's just they can try. Fans will try to make him more than he is. But if he strikes out a ton, doesn't put the ball in play, he doesn't have much of a future.
0: Yeah. One last thing before the next question. I just kind of think he might just come in and be a 200 hitter. And people are just going to be furious and mad again about Something else, and just completely just change their mind and switch directions of their takes. But if he, I hope he's great. I just don't really see it.
1: For sure, for sure. Um, who do you, who are you more scared for in terms of the division, the Twins or the White Sox? The White, but this is probably more obvious now. But when I was writing this, I didn't expect the Twins to be falling apart. It seemed like yeah, and I, the Twins are going to write the
0: ship. I'm pretty sure the Red Sox are kind of just red hot right now. And I, they did beat the Red Sox today, I believe. Uh, yes. So they're, they'll they they'll figure it out. There's too much talent there. But for me, it's really the White Sox because I think we can hit the Twins. And if we can – if our pitching can just keep them maintained enough, we'll be fine. My thing is I don't think we can ever hit Lucas Giulio. We've never done it once in our careers here.
1: So yeah, if he's honest. on the mound,
0: he's giving them seven innings of probably three runs or less baseball realistically two to one runs are less baseball and that's why they scare me their ace is just as good as ours i think in the al right now it's bieber cole giolito
1: i can agree with that i can definitely agree with that like the white Sox are definitely a more well-rounded team and we and we've seen that the rotation is probably up like head to head with ours like it's a coin flip but they're their bats definitely scare me like even though it's like you got a you got your main uh, uh, like your main mercedes you got tim anderson you got got all these different guys that they can throw at you and it's just it scares me they can come at you at waves like what happened with zach please like like six runs in one inning that that didn't surprise me but it, it surprised me that that it was zach please because um, but i mean he's had issues with chicago for whatever reason but
0: and I think the Twins could do that too, but I think we could match the Twins in that sort of game. Where the White Sox, I don't know if we can match them if they start really crushing us.
1: Yeah, like, like I I know we're gonna definitely be competitive, but if if it gets out of hand, I, I just, yeah, the, yeah, we don't have the bats to like keep up with them right now. So like, th- definitely agree with your Twins take, but the but yeah, the White Sox is definitely the one I'm scared about.
0: Yeah, so. Any more questions?
1: Uh, that's, all, that's all my questions for me.
0: All right. So, perfect. Get to talk about the Browns this week. It finally, happened. Dude. It happened. We did it. We got a piece now next to Miles Garrett. We got a dude, just a straight-up dude. That's how you describe Jadavia and Clowney. Someone who can really change the game. And really, now we have someone to try to help stop the run.
1: Yeah, we finally got a guy after two years of just – trying to get Davion Clowney. We finally got a guy that can be paired with Miles Garrett, who's another athletic freak. He might have not lived up to his number one overall, like, pick, but he's still a guy that you want on the other side of Miles. Like, he can set the edge. He can, like, cause pressure in the interior. The dude is a freak. Like, the only concern is his injury history, and that's pretty much it, like, with him. Yeah,
0: and I mean – That's a pretty scary defensive front now. So that leads to my next question. What position do you take now in the draft? I think for me personally, you still got to go linebacker. We never really did too much to make that better this offseason. And I know everyone still wants corner, but I think we've got some guys there, especially now getting safety help to – In let me reword this altogether. Our D-line is going to help our corners. They're not going to have to guard as long. And now we have safety help over the top where – our corners don't have to be playing one and one on one all the time.
1: Yeah, like what, that. The linebacker position is definitely the obvious weak spot, and I think if say Jermaine Usakoro uh, uh, falls in our direction, I would say pounce on that dude. He is probably the one guy that would fit pretty well with Joe Woods' system because he's so versatile. He can be like he can be a safety, he can be a linebacker, he can come off the edge he can do all these things that you like that most li- linebackers do he like I feel like he would fit so well in that linebacking core
0: where where'd he play I, I don't know I do not know this draft class at all
1: uh he played for Notre Dame he like he was yeah. probably one of their better like defensive players and he he's ACC, been a draft of mine
0: ACC defensive player of the year is that that one
1: uh yes okay
0: yeah he's he's legit He's definitely pretty good. I like him or the Tulsa guy. Either one of those two, I think I'd be pretty happy with. But even now, if Andrew Barry is just like, hey, I think we got all we need, best player available. And then you just go whatever you they think's best there, that works for me too. I'm not I'm not stressed about the draft
1: this year. Yeah, like at 26, like and after the the clowny signing, you can they can go in any direction they want. They could go edge rusher, corner, linebacker even wide receiver if they if they're feeling like hey, let's get this guy. Why not? <laughs> like that they can go in so many different directions.
0: Yeah. And just speaking of the draft, this has just been bugging me so badly today. ESPN, do you know where they have Justin Fields going now?
1: I think I know where you're going with this.
0: They have him going <laughs> 24th to the Pittsburgh oh, Steelers. No.
1: <laughs> in you- what
0: world Is Justin Fields going to fall to 24th? There's like 20 teams ahead of them that are taking a QB before the Steelers get him at 24. I don't think Fields is falling past three. And any analyst trying to build up this crazy idea that he's going to fall in the draft is dumb. He has been the second best player in this class. And some people have even said the first best for a long time now. There's this narrative now that Zach Wilson is so much better that I don't even know the, the North Dakota state guy. Oh, Trey Lance. I don't get how you can possibly take him over fields and there's nothing he does better than fields. And then Mac Jones, ha, taking Mac Jones over him, <laughs> especially when like one of their biggest arguments for Mac Jones is character. Character? Like, and oh. Justin Fields, the guy, they're like they're making up these false narratives about Fields. He sh- shows up late to practices. He's the first one out. And then we've got Ryan Day coming out saying, What are you idiots talking about? Talk to me if you want to know about him. He, he, he's always said, He's like, He's the first one there. He's the hardest worker. He's the one who stays after and late for film. He didn't say that about Dwayne Haskins. He honestly actually said, Hey, man. He's got a lot of work and I think he would really do well with another year of college. He's not saying that about Justin Fields. He's saying all the good things about him. So whatever the media's crazy built up idea they have of Justin Fields, I feel like it's just wrong. And I would love to see Fields go to an optimal situation like the Niners or the Patriots. Yes. If he does fall to the Patriots, even though I don't love the Patriots, I'd love to just see him do well.
1: Yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I saw an even stupider one. There was a draft analyst that said, oh, his background in baseball, it it, it messes with his throwing motion. You saw that too, right? Yeah, I retweeted that, and I said, what idiot is saying that when we have people like Kyler
0: Murray, a top pick in baseball and a top pick in football, Patrick Mahomes, a baseball player, Russell Wilson drafted in baseball. What are you idiots saying? Like, how is that? Fields has perfect mechanics. every." normal scout with a brain thinks his like throwing motion is great.
1: I don't know where they're getting this from. Like, it, like I get it. If, if it's like, Oh, he may have some processing issues. Like that's fine. He, he had some issues last year, but like it, it's not like he was like a complete liability at times. Like he led, he led OSU to the national championship and beat the number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence, like, and showed everyone why he's a top five pick. And yet all these, like, galaxy brain draft analysts are just draw, figuring out these different, like, reasons not to draft him. And it just yeah, and, asinine.
0: And you brought up something that even just disproves the biggest narrative, that he can't go to his second read. Do you know which quarterback in, in college football had was highest rated on their second read? Of, from Just Football Focus, Justin fields with a 91 uh Trevor Lawrence uh, he was of the main like drafting quarterbacks last with 77 grade so this narrative of him not being able to make his second read is idiotic and if you're gonna say that type of thing say it to someone like Trevor Lawrence who has actually shown proof in signs of not being able to get to the second read that's all yeah,
1: there like, yeah like no, nothing more needs to be said. Like it's just idiotic at this point. It 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 feels like more a media driven thing than like the actual NFL people like inside these buildings th- thinking. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. So that's Browns talk, and um, we've got the the headed stepchild right now of Cleveland sports, <laughs> the Cavs. Yep. You know, like, got to always talk about them. We're both wearing our calves stuff. It's.
1: Mm-hmm. Championship, always remember, baby. Yeah.
0: Um, where, where to start? Um, I guess we're ruining the tank. Garland looks good. Um, yep. I just love when Torian Prince scores 25 in a meaningless <laughs> game of basketball. Oh. <laughs> uh, guys, we're trying to lose. Like, he went 9 for 12 with 25 points. At least Garland figured out we were trying to lose. He went for 16 in the first half and one in the second half. Against Charlotte, he, he knew what was up. Um, I, I don't know. You're, you're with me that you would like to lose every single game the rest of this year, right?
1: Not necessarily lose, but I understand probably in the bigger picture we probably need another guy. Like, I feel like right now they got so injured in the very beginning and put themselves in such a deep hole that, like, they probably just need to focus on the draft. <laughs> like, like, I know that they're only, like, two games out of the play-in, And they're getting healthy right now, which kind of is counterintuitive to that plan. But, like, yeah, I think more than likely we got to focus on the draft more than the play-in right now. Yeah,
0: and, and like, say we do get that 10 seed in the play-in, what does that do for us? Lose to the 7 seed, maybe beat the 7 seed, and then maybe make the playoffs and get swept in the first round by both Sixers or Nets. And I think we could actually take one from the Sixers, honestly. But who cares? (laughs) Really? Yeah. I've always been of the the rule, if you can make the playoffs, play for the playoffs. This is not making the playoffs. When you're the, like, 24th best team in the NBA, that's not really making the playoffs. That's just more than half the league gets in now. So what are we doing here?
1: Yeah, like, I would think the best case scenario in this whole thing if they do make the play on play in, it would be as if they they lost because they still keep their lot their lottery pick. And hopefully the lottery guys just reward them for not tanking, which I feel like is the case like <laughs> with some of these teams recently. Like the Pelicans didn't really tank, the Grizzlies didn't really tank. So maybe there is like if they can just be competitive, but m- just competitive enough to where like the lottery kind of rewards them, I'll be fine with it. But not the play-in. Just, like, let's not try to accidentally win and get just crushed in the first round. That's not what we want.
0: Yeah, but, like, my big thing is, because I just love Cleveland guys so much, like, if we make the play-in game, I'm going to want to win
1: then. <laughs> oh, like, yeah.
0: make make it back to the playoffs is fun. So, like, what I don't know. No,
1: no. It's, let's lose yeah, now. it's such let's a conundrum. It's such a conundrum right now. Because, like, I I'm watching them right now, and I – this is the first time all the starting five has been together. Like before they've only played two minutes and now they're out there playing. And and it's just like, after what they did yesterday, I kind of see the vision of what they're doing, but I just feel like if this was earlier in the season, I'd probably be more excited, but now I'm just kind of stuck. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that there's not really much more to say about the Cavs. Like we can talk about other games, but who really cares about Team 14 games under 500 right now in fighting for a 10 seed? So that's really all we have on Cavs Talk. Um we wanted to no Masters Talk really. It's kind of past that. Mm-hmm. So, Matsuyama, congratulations. First player from Japan to ever win one. That's awesome. But Great
1: moment. Great moment.
0: Yeah, that was really cool. I
1: loved his caddy doing the little bow to the course. That was such a gr- great moment to give the, the – like – To do that, just give the masters that that respect and like in that moment while they won that that's such a cool moment, like to to see that live. Yeah. I I gave the masters respect
0: by going out the next day and starting my first round of golf going seven seven. So that was a triple and a double. (laughs) So that's how I respected the masters. But oh one last thing. Most importantly, I have the smallest of small updates. On the Tyler Naquin situation. I almost Ooh. forgot. It's still not a good update, really. But it is technically an update. So this guy, um, I feel like I should say his name, but I'm not going to. I have already. It's Cody Reems. You guys can all find that guy. I don't care. I don't like him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Who cares? Just yeah. let it rip. Co-
0: Cody Reams. That guy. So I, I decided, like, you know what? He's not responding to my texts. Let's go to Instagram DMs. So I sent him one. And then when you send someone an Instagram DM, it says how recently they've been on Instagram. So I sent him one, and then I sent him a second and said, I know you see these because you're on Instagram. <laughs> so he responds, uh, so I thought you wanted boards. Because my text before, I said, nah, I just, I just want my money back. And I'm like, dude, it's been a year and a half. I got new <laughs> boards for my dad already. Like, just give me my $200. bucks." Oh, yeah. we are going to get my blood pressure up at this end of the show, and I've been so calm. The entire time. so Just let it rip, dude. Let and it I, rip. I, that, that's my, he didn't respond to anything else after that. So I'm probably going to go text him after the show and just say, dude, respond. Give me my 200 bucks." <laughs> like, I needed to, like, come up with a plan to, like, gotcha him. Like, I wish I could just, like, silly string his house, TP his house, anything. Like, just – I don't like the guy. I, he is my mortal enemy, for sure. Him and Brian Shaw, 1A, 1B.
1: Oh, the <laughs> – uh... I was gonna a- ask if you wanted to do 30, 30 seconds of Brian Shaw ranting, but I don't think it, like, it's probably not worth it now. But no, if you're he, no complaints, I think he only pitched like once this week, so he can keep doing his own thing, and we're fine. <laughs> yeah, just have him in the corner, just do your thing. His <laughs> best ability to me is his unavailability. So, yep. But next episode, if something happens, I'm gonna let you rip. I get 30 seconds. That's the most. Because I'm going to
0: not be the pessimistic Cleveland sports fan. I always am. I'm going to try to stay positive, even with my mortal enemy on the team. So I only get 30 seconds to complain about it. But that's today's show. Um, Again, I feel like another great show. So if you aren't subscribed, please subscribe on YouTube and on uh, Apple Podcasts. Rate us five stars. Like, comment. Check us out on TikTok. Our links will be in the description. Thank you guys for watching. See you next Friday.